Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. I am your host, Heather Love. I have been feeling really called to slow down during this window between the eclipses. The energy feels different for everyone, but as I have shifted some of the priorities in my life, I have been reminded of how important it is that we take care of ourselves and allow ourselves to rest when needed. It is in the times that we are quiet and relaxed that downloads and messages from our guides can be heard. It's a bit of a catch-22 though, because when you are so busy doing all the things and thinking all the thoughts, the idea of slowing down can seem impossible and stress-inducing. However, without slowing down, you continue on the hamster wheel to nowhere. And the only way to get off is to slow down. I know this sounds counterproductive, but when your life starts feeling hectic, just stop and breathe. Inhale for four counts. Hold at the top for four counts. Exhale for four counts. And then hold at the bottom for four counts. Continue this several times until your shoulders release from your ears and your heart rate slows down a little bit. This is called box breathing, and it was first invented to help military personnel lower their cortisol levels and tap into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for calming the mind, among many other things. Slowing down so that you can hear the whispers is a key theme for many of my episodes, and today is no different. I am excited to introduce you to spiritual medium Orly Alteris. When Orly's father passed away three years ago, she began a journey to connect people with their own loved ones that have passed over. You'll hear her talk about how these gifts are available to everyone as long as they learn to trust the messages they are receiving. She helps others overcome their limiting beliefs and step into their highest potential through the messages of their loved ones. It is an experience unlike any other I've had. After we stopped recording, Orly gave me a reading where she provided messages from some of my loved ones on the other side that I can only describe as taking my breath away. Things like my grandmother talking about a rocking chair that I have probably never thought about in my adult life, only to ask my mom about it afterwards, and she found pictures of the exact rocking chair that my grandmother was describing, down to the color of the cushion. If I wasn't a believer already, that information would have absolutely done the trick. What a beautiful gift Orly brings to this world. I can't wait for you to hear more from her. She is the real deal. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Orly. Thanks for being on the show today. Hi, Heather. I'm so excited to be here. I am so happy to be talking to you. So the way I like to start all of my guest episodes is by having you select either blue or red. I have two books here and I will ask you a random question from one of these books. 
Okay, so cool. Um, I think I'll go with red. Yay, almost <laughs> nobody picks red. So, <laughs> All right, let's pick a random question. Do you believe in aliens? Ooh, that's a good one. Do I believe in aliens? I tend to think that they are real. Yes, I think they are real. I think I'm open-minded. I think when you are open-minded, anything is possible and out there. And obviously there's enough evidence to say that they are real. Obviously, we're also living in this universe that is so expansive and incredible that it's almost unimaginable that they wouldn't be there. So yeah, I think they are. (laughs) I'm actually, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I think that if we think we're the only living things on this earth, that's very, you know, that in this entire universe, that's very egotistical of us because (laughs) there has got to be other life forms out there. I agree. I also actually just watched this. I I am subscribed to Gaia Network, which I love. I love. Um, And there's, I can't recall his name right now, but he actually brings people in and calls them in. You know, he gets on this, the wavelength to kind of bring them in and they apparently always appear and there's all these, this evidence. And so um, I was fascinated by that also with doing the work that I do, which is very similar in calling in. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense that they're there. (laughs) Absolutely. And we will get into the work that you do in just a moment. But first, I would love to know what was Orly like as a child? What was your personality? What did you do for fun? I was very playful, I want to say. Like, I love to my imagination was very open, very, very playful up until the age of eight. And then we moved from Israel to the States. And that was like this big kind of turning point where being surrounded by lots of friends, being outside, being very social, it changed. And so that was like a part in my childhood that kind of closed off in a sense. But then I was kind of with myself for that first year. And so if I look at my childhood, there's a lot of playfulness and also seclusion combined. I do want to say, I mean, I'm connecting this to my childhood that at the age of nine, my mom uh, was pregnant with my little sister and I had watched a movie, some kind of movie, and there was a scene there about death. And it was the first realization that I had that we die And I'm bringing this up because this is totally like from my childhood. It's very, (laughs) it's funny, you know, it's very from the childhood where I was like, no, we don't die. And what does, what does that mean? And oh no. And I took it very, it was a real traumatic point where I was like, this doesn't make sense. And I was crying for three nights and my mom had to calm me down and be like, don't worry your sister, Michelle, you know, we didn't know her name at the time, but she's coming and, and I'm here. And she really had to, I was very anxious and she calmed me. And so that was like another thing in my childhood, you know, when I think of what has made me quite, I don't know what I am today, maybe like those little elements that stay with you for when you're grown and that I tend to like to go back to. So 
Yeah. Those are really formative years to go from such an extreme of being playful to moving across the world and then being very much just with yourself and your family. Um, It's interesting. Do you think that you knew back then in some ways that even though your body may die, that maybe your spirit doesn't? Do you think that was happening for you and that's why you are so upset? I think so. Like I'm putting the dots together now where I am believing that that's what it was because it was so strong felt. And also knowing as a kid, like if I go back to the, before we moved, I remember myself laying in bed, my, me and my brother shared a room. And I remember my mom, this obviously has to do with the belief system that my mom instilled in me as well, but she would cover me up. She says, you're protected up till here. And I would pray. And so I, there was something in me that would pray to God and, you know, it was just a part of me always. That was very part of me. I just wasn't aware. Now I'm kind of trying to go back and, and connect the dots and be like, oh, that makes sense. You know, be trying to understand how everything kind of has come to the place where it is now. So that's really interesting. (laughs) So do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up, when you were little? I do. (laughs) I love I do. I remember saying I wanted to be a teacher. I remember being in first grade. And that's the thing. I also have many memories from childhood. Like my memory is very good, like remembering people, people's names. But with that, I remember saying I want to be a teacher. And I remember that one specific teacher. I also remember one lesson that she had taught in class that was very, till this day, it like sits in my soul. It resonated with me so much, which is Um, treat others as you want to be treated Um, from the Bible, like we were studying the Bible. And that has been something that has just been, I don't know, it's it's just, you know how you have those moments in life where you have certain memories that stay with you. And I'm starting to really think that those memories that you actually naturally remember have so much to do with who you are, you're remembering those things for a reason. And they kind of are the string that connects your essence in a way and bring you to the, on your path to what you become, what you're, you know, and so that's what I definitely am feeling. And, and, in right now, trying to connect those dots and be like, Oh, that's why I remember that. Oh, that's why that was so significant in my life. So it's almost like a coming home in some ways you remember all of these things, which is so beautiful. I don't think I have that great of a memory from (laughs) when I was a child. I have a few things that stick out that I remember, but honestly, before I was probably eight or nine, I don't remember a whole lot, which is probably normal. And Maybe, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about how our brains work and the most formative years are from zero to seven, but yet I don't remember most of that. So it's just very interesting how that becomes a part of who you are, even though you don't remember it. For sure. Even I would say that 
something about you, if I may, like just creating (laughs) creating new memories in a sense, or a new kind of way of perceiving things. Even if you can't recall something from the childhood, it's almost as though you're becoming, uh, you're creating, it's like a, a blank canvas that you are able to put on and paint on and Yeah, that's a really beautiful visualization. And I think even though there's a lot of things I don't remember, there's a lot of things that I do now as an adult and they feel like I've always done them. So whether it's from this lifetime or past lifetimes, Mm -hmm. like it's just something that is inherent in me. And so Mm -hmm. I take comfort in that knowing that even though I don't remember, it's still a part of me. Oh, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about what you do today. So you are a psychic medium and I would just love to know when did you start to come into your gifts or realize that these were gifts that you had? Because obviously, yes, I wasn't aware and, but there was definitely a pivotal point that made me realize. So actually what, you know, my father passed away almost three years ago. And I've always been a spiritual person, always looking for answers like that. I have to say, because it is part of who I am, always looking for answers, always wanting to know. Again, if we go back to the childhood, like at nine, do we die? Like that was a huge moment for me, like looking into what happens to our soul. And I was always very spiritual. And so when my father passed away, it just, I studied Greek mythology and at university, like just stories and, and um, heritage and the family. And so when he passed, it was a very traumatic event for me in the, just the loss. I mean, I get emotional just thinking about it again, but that week of mourning had so many weird, crazy things that happened, like on the day of his funeral, I mean, I could give a few examples, but on the, this is how it started for me. So on the day of his funeral, there was just, we all gathered in, in my um, home, you know, where I grew up and there was this huge boom sound, like the, an outage in the house, like just the lights went off, but there was also sound like boom. I was like, what was that? And everybody heard it. Everybody knew. And everyone was like, oh, it's just the electrical, right? Now, my father was a very powerful man. And so, so I already had that kind of thought like, okay, that was weird. Maybe he's showing, you know, because I was always thinking that there is more to life, more. There was also a few things that happened. Like he didn't want to fly on his birthday ever. Like for his whole life, he never wanted to fly on his birthday. He always had the Bible with him on the plane. And then on his passing, it all kind of made sense because he passed away in New York, actually, but had to be flown to Israel to be buried. And they were going to transfer him from Israel, from New York to Israel on his birthday. It just so happened he passed away like two days before his birthday. And so I was like, isn't this crazy that they're supposed to transfer him on his birthday? And what happens is that my brother and sister who were supposed to take him on the plane, 
they get to the gate and the, the people at the gate are like, we're sorry, your flight has been postponed. And it was postponed for the next morning. So we were all laughing because my father was a very funny man too. We're like, see, he never wanted to fly on his birthday. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I have chills right now. <laughs> it was just like these little signs he was giving us. Again, these little signs of like, for me, I see them as, I understand them as, okay, this is not a coincidence. It isn't. And so that happened. And then the outage. And then what had really brought it on for me was that I went into his room. I was lying on his bed. This is the same day or maybe the day after he had, you know, the week of mourning in in the Judaism is Shiva. It's called, it's one week where everyone comes and visits. So I didn't want to really speak with anyone. I was very sad and I was in this very meditative state. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. Just very meditative state. And I was in his room lying on the bed and I said out loud, and this is one thing that I do want to say that for anyone who ever wants to try to connect, there was something very powerful about saying out loud as opposed to in my mind, like, if you're here, can you show me a sign? Or I was just praying to him. I was like, I miss you. I don't even recall right now the words I wish I did. I did for a long time, but now I'm like all about writing things to remember. But And it's funny that that significant moment, I can't recall the exact words I said, but it was something like, if you're here, please show me you're here. And I just started all of a sudden uh, receiving, like hearing him, but also receiving the messages through imagery. And so I, but it was such a, such a profound sensation that it's almost like I put my finger on it as if it's always there. It's always been there. I just, because it's like our imagination, we all have imagination. We all use our imagination. This wasn't feeling though, like it was my thoughts. So that was the difference. It didn't feel like my own thoughts. It felt like I was getting information literally that is not my own. And I could place until now when, when I do connect, I can place my finger knowing, no, this is me as opposed to information coming in. And it wasn't in his voice. Again, that's another thing people think, oh, you hear this voice. It it wasn't in his voice. It was just my voice, but, but like a whisper almost. So he had like bombarded me. He's like, and then that's when I was like, okay, if this is real, if this is real, show me something that I'm going to know that this is real. And this is not, I'm not going crazy. I'm not, you know, you know, I got, I was freaked out in a sense, but like really emotional and happy. He was, he was also telling me, by the way, in that moment, he's like, because you were watching, this is so funny, but he was like, because you were watching, I was watching two weeks before he had passed. I'd watched a show on Gaia network again, because I was always this person interested and fascinated with this. They were teaching how to speak to your spirit guides, which I'd never done. And I didn't even know if I believed in that. And they had, said, say out loud. They did an exercise where you meditate, you go in and you say out loud. And so he was telling me in that moment, because you did that, it's like almost like I'd opened up because then I obviously I was sitting in bed and I actually spoke out loud, not not knowing that I was doing this because I was guided maybe two weeks before. But and then with me asking him, I was like, 
if this is real, show me, show me something that is, you know, proof. Like, so the next thing that came in very, very clearly was like, go to my second drawer. This was by his bedside. He's like, go to my second drawer, open the drawer. And he was showing me an image of my brother and also showing me an image like in Israel, there's these like path, when you have a passport picture taken, they're put in this like little booklet, usually a colorful little like booklet. So he's showing me this plastic like booklet. I was like, okay, I had no idea what this meant. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the second drawer and just like look what's inside. So I move things around and I find a yellow little plastic booklet of like passport pictures with my brother's picture inside. So that was when I was like, oh, the picture of my brother, this, this yellow passport, like he was showing me like a passport plastic thing. And when I found it, I was like, okay, this is crazy. I had no idea it was there. And then I'm like, okay, wait, so maybe it's my subconscious mind. Maybe I'd looked through the drawer two days earlier and I just noticed it, but wasn't aware. You know, I started like doubting, but it started there. I called my sister in. He also showed me a butterfly. I have a butterfly tattoo on my leg that we got together when I was 18 years old. And so he showed me like the butterfly. He reminded me. That's why I knew it wasn't my thoughts. Like he reminded me of the butterfly because I wasn't thinking of that at the moment. So he showed me the butterfly. And ever since, whenever I see this specific orange butterfly, and I do see it often, I know that it's like him just, you know, saying hello it's a sign for me so it started with that and then just grew into me going back I was in Israel I, I went back to the states where I am now and just talking to my friends and like you know this happened to me I started openly saying what I had experienced without the fear of I'm going crazy I'm something is weird you know just entrusting it in, with people that I knew that loved me and I was fine. I wasn't losing my mind, you know, and then asking my friend, did you, do you know of someone with this name? And then, and then having my friend validate, call her mom and ask if there's someone like that in the family. And I'm describing what he looked like. So I was like, okay, something opened here. Wow. Which just was a very good feeling. It felt like I was being like, just connecting people with their loved ones. So it's just like, all oh, I don't know. That's how it started. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's so much beauty in that story. I have so many chills. The connection that you and your dad must have had when he was on this side must have been so special for you to be able to have that connection with him and that you have a tattoo, you got tattoos together and just all of those things that he was showing you. Did you, did you feel like you were going a little bit crazy? Like I am, this is, this can't be real. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just making this up. I had that feeling, but I will share something very, very personal, which I haven't shared publicly really. And it's interesting that it's come and I'm okay with it. But when I was in my 20s, I did have like an opening to this world, like a, an episode where I, I would get panic attacks, I would get very anxious and a very emotional, like I was very in a very in a panicky kind of state. And this didn't feel the same, but 
it's almost as if my dad told me what you were feeling then and what you were going through then, like, which he was very worried about. He wanted me to get help. I went to see someone to get help for the anxiety plus any visions I was having or like, you know, I was getting information, but it was very not, it was that kind of crazy place that was not healthy. And I won't go into details, but this was different because I guess I was more experienced. This is 20 years later. I wasn't having any panic with it. It was actually making sense of everything I almost experienced in my early 20s, not able, not wasn't able to understand. And also I was very, you know, so I do think it came with age that I was able to now being grounded, a mom with two kids. This is another thing with this world is that, and I do want to say this, that anyone who wants to experience, you know, reaching those other realms or you have to stay very grounded because we don't want to. And this, I'm also getting a lot from uh, when I get information come in for myself too, to protect me. We don't want to go there because that place is a place that is, we will never really understand it. It's the vortex, if you want to call it, or this place that is just when we start to get too much into our thoughts. That was the thing with me. I was a very thoughtful person. Like I said, I would analyze everything. And so I would get into these very deep thoughts that would take me to places that would get me very anxious too, like asking very big questions. And so what I've learned and what they've also shown me recently is that we have to bring the light in as opposed to going to the light because going into the light, yes, we get to do that perhaps after we pass over and get to see everything that is not in our reality, but we are in reality. We are, what is here, you know, is here and we have to bring that light in with that little sparkle and the sparkle of that huge, just vastness is in each and every one of us. We just can light it up. That's really beautiful. Yeah. I can, I can picture that. Like it would almost be overwhelming in a way for us to go where they are. So we request their presence where we are. And that makes so much sense to me. I will say that in, in, in terms of, you know, opening up to that place again with bringing that in it's that higher place that we can get guidance from it's our higher voice some people will say it's my higher self or the universe or god and there are people that will say oh we have guides there and there's a whole world beyond that i'm still discovering i feel like i'm a little baby seed learning myself because I didn't feel guides. I felt my dad and and with speaking with people, okay, I know it's their loved ones that come through. It's also like something that I need to, like a muscle that I now want to just develop a skill. Like I feel like everyone has the ability and we just have to learn how to use it and develop it. And I'm just I really am fascinated by it. So I want to develop it more, but like we all have the ability to do it or connect to that other realm. So for people, and I know you've given a couple of tips already, but for people who are interested, where do you think they should start? Is there something they should read? Should they just ask out loud? Like, Hey, is anybody there? (laughs) Or, you know, what, what do you do to to do this? (laughs) 
It's a great question. I really, there's a few things that I would say, first of all, and this is one of my teachers now most recently, is really it's about meditation. It's when I first realized that I was always a meditative, I was always a thinker and always find myself again in that quiet place, which is why I, I brought up that part of me as a kid who was very seclusive at some, at a certain point, I was with my thoughts. But that is the first place to begin is where we have to like quiet our mind with all the chatter that is there. And so the first place is to, and that's where it started for me. I was in a meditative state on my, so if I have to recall how it happened and give people perhaps tools, it's definitely to quiet the mind, quiet the chatter, be open. And then yes, A, to ask out loud, I really do believe. But you can also, if it's not a direct you know, conversation, not necessarily now hearing, I really believe for me, it also started with seeing signs and asking for a sign. So I asked him to show me a butterfly and then it would take a little bit and, and then release it, not worry about how it's going to show up because sometimes it'll show up differently than what we've asked for. It can show up in a song, the words in a song. And that's when I also, it opened up for me. Oh my God, wait, this is weird. I'm asking for something and it's showing up. Oh my God, we create our reality. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's gone into this place where I'm still in exploration. Like, hold on. This is, it's one thing to be able to have received signs from them. But if we're receiving signs, does that mean that we're also actually asking for something and it's coming to fruition? Like, what does that mean? So I'm still in that exploration, but definitely signs. I totally believe that when you ask for a sign, you can get it. It's those, those signs can help you on your path to know that you're on your path. You can ask, show me a sign if this is um, so that I know that I'm on in the right direction and just starting to have that open conversation. So you can bring it through meditation. You can visualize in your meditation we can bring in your loved one through meditation and have a conversation with them, ask a question and see what answer comes in. So there's many different ways, but I would say the first place is definitely be in a meditative state, asking for signs, seeing the synchronicities that start happening. I mean, I have so many stories of synchronicities and I love always hearing them too, because for me, that's like the proof. Because if there was real proof here on earth. I mean, there's religions, right? Everyone, there's so many different religions speaking of the same thing, but for whatever reason, so many people are still not believing or not trusting. And I still doubt, I still doubt, even though I've gotten enough validation or, or proof, but it's just, it's left in this place that is like, still questionable, that leaves you kind of on your tiptoes, like, is it, you know, and you have to just believe, you really have to just trust, believe, and then it starts showing up even more. And I have my days, you know, we all have our days where it's like, uh, you know, every day. But but when we put our trust and belief, I really think that's when you just are feeling, feel supported in your journey, you feel supported, you get signs, that's how you know, you get the feeling, okay, I feel good. Like I, a big question for me was what will bring me joy? What will make me feel good? And then that's how I know to choose something. Is this going to make me feel good as opposed to this? So it's like your own guidance system, like your own kind of internal compass that's, that it's your higher, you can say it's my higher self, or it's actually 
once you get in there, it can be from a loved one sending you a sign. It can be from your guides giving you information. That's where intuitive writing happens, where you can journal. So journaling is another way of receiving answers. And I've, for me in the last six months, the journaling has been like, wow. It's yeah, where you're doing more like a channeled writing a channeled kind of writing. thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's so amazing. You can just ask a question and it's like, you just watch your hand move across the page and you're not actually doing anything. So yeah, pretty cool. So I've talked about this a little bit on another podcast, but my dad passed away about 15 years ago and I had some things like that, that happened that I never really thought about what happens when you pass. I have always believed that there is more to life than when you die. I just don't believe that it's over, but I had never really thought about it too much. But when my dad passed away, there was a few things that had happened. And um, one was my, my firstborn daughter was only three months old and we were in his house because we were, it was like in the days coming up to his wake and his funeral. And she was on the, on the floor and on her back. And, you know, I was down there with her and she just kept looking over my right shoulder and like giggling and laughing. And even now I have chills as I'm saying this mm-hmm. because I knew in that moment it was him. Obviously I couldn't see anything. There was actually a wall that was not that far from there, but walls are non-existent in that world. And I just, I knew it was him. And I, I just was so standing in that truth and nothing and no one could have told me anything otherwise. And then about a week or so after he passed, he passed from a heart attack. So it was very sudden and I never had the chance to say goodbye. And I just kept thinking, I just want to say goodbye. And he came to me in a dream. And it was like the clearest dream. I still remember it. And I got to give him the biggest hug. I don't think he said anything, but it was like the, the closure I needed in that moment, you know, and then even things that happen now, he was a coin collector when he was on the side. So he leaves me dimes all the time. That's how I know that he connects with me. And it was really funny. A couple of summers ago, He had left a, I found a, I can't remember if it was a penny or a nickel, but it was a different kind of coin. Right. And I said, nice try, dad. If that's really you, I want a dime. And the next day I am not shitting you the next day in the most, like, there is no way that dime could have gotten there any other way, except for him putting it there. It was like in this place that nobody had been out in my backyard. It was just the most random place. I found a dime. I was like, okay, dad, thanks. (laughs) So just stuff like that. Like it just, you have to believe it, right? Like there is no other explanation. No other explanation. And the more people talk about this, and I don't think it's discussed enough. And I mean, I know people say it and people, it's happened to people, they talk about it, but not enough for us to understand that this is the way that spirit communicates with us and that it is not a coincidence. And that when we have that, by the way, that sensation of goosebumps is another way for you to sense that it is them. And it's not a coincidence. Again, it's not, 
you know, Abraham Hicks says it's like cooperative incidences, which I love. And it's, it's true. It's like, the thing with them too, is that even if you doubt it, I feel like they'll put two and two and two, like they'll put three things together for you to not go aside from it and like pass it without noticing it. And that's the thing you have to be aware Speaking of thoughts, you have, like, for me, it really started when I was becoming aware of my thoughts. So first of all, saying I want a sign, right, or having that open conversation. And then when it does show up a few days later, to be able to, because otherwise, it'll just show up, but I won't notice it. But because I placed the order in, or because I had thought of that, had that thought, I start becoming aware of my thoughts And when they start to show up, it's like, oh, so it's not even with signs. It's with just thoughts that you're having. You can have a thought, you know, something specific about your business, for instance, and then two days later for something to show up that answers the question in regards to that or, but the more aware we are, the more you're able to pick up on that, pick up on it. And so just as I'll give you another small example, because your story is just that, I mean, to have the dime show up the next day because you'd said, and so when you saw that dime, it wasn't like you ran across another, it's like you asked for it and then it showed up. So of course it is, that is, it's just like with a journaling exercise, I was doing this intuitive exercise, just having conversation with my dad, which I never did. And I'd written down tomorrow, I will give you a gift. I was like, okay, that's so weird. And then he said it again, tomorrow I will give you a gift. Like written in in my journal, I have it here. And the next day I went to get a facial and it was just a beautiful exchange with this woman we were sharing. And at the end of the facial, she's like, I want to give you something. I was like, give me something. It was, I was like, okay. So that already sparked my attention. And she said, pick a card. So I pick a card. She had these beautiful cards in her where she, you know, does her thing. And I pick a card and on the card was an orange butterfly, which was a sign for me always. And then it said to my beautiful daughter. Now this was like, as if it was God speaking, but to my beautiful daughter, everything, there was this beautiful message in it. So it was not only the butterfly, what I'm saying, it was also to my beautiful daughter. And it still took me a second to be like, oh, Oh my gosh, that's the that's what I'd written the night before. I I tomorrow I'll give you a gift. So for me that was like the greatest gift because I can't touch him, I can't speak with him anymore when we have those moments that we can feel them and that's their way of communicating with dreams as well because they can't we can't have that conversation. We can't touch them anymore, but for whatever reason dimes and animals like butterflies, they're able to communicate with us in that way. And it's its just amazing when it happens. We just have to acknowledge it. Otherwise, it just goes by like, oh, that's a coincidence, you know? Right. I have never had so many chills in a podcast <laughs> interview in my oh. life. Oh, my goodness. That is so, I mean, I want to say it's crazy, but it's not crazy, right? You know, right. and then even things like the dreams years after my dad passed, his mom passed. And even though she had been sick and we knew it was coming, she was in a different part of the country. And so I, again, I didn't really get to say goodbye. And I had remembered that dream with my dad 
And so I had asked her to come visit me in my dream so I could say goodbye. And she did again within Uh like a week of her passing. So it's just those things that happen. You can't brush them off as coincidence. Like there is something to that. So yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. So I would love to talk a little bit about intuition because you've mentioned it a couple of times. And I think there's such a close tie with our intuition and our guides and our loved ones, and just kind of that other realm. What do you think is the tie there? Is it, is our intuition really the other side or is it being influenced or is it really us or is it all the same thing? Oh, that's such a great question. It's, it's exactly to where my questions are because you know, when we're trying to decide something in life or know what to do, and it's like, what's my gut instinct telling me or what's my intuition telling me? And I've always been like, how do you know what, you know, how do you have the answer? And I do want to say, first of all, yes, that is the place that we're tapping into. When you tap into your intuition, it's that place that is coming in again from like this higher knowing of it's like your own higher knowing, I want to say, where it'll make you feel good. You will get a sensation that you have to do something immediately. I do, I should read something. I don't have, I don't know if I have it here, but the, the specific question about intuition, I asked and received an answer to, but it does talk about it's you wanting to know something. It, it also made a very great distinction between um, intuition and insight, like the difference between them. But, okay, I do want to say, just in terms of my dad, this was a little point that, I, you know, my dad was like, he was the head of intelligence of the police in Israel. He was an investigator his whole life. He was looking for answers himself his whole life. And he told my sister, apparently, before he died, that if there is something on the other side, he'll let us know. So I felt like that boom in the house and and his way of coming through to me was like, also a gift telling me what, what you have always been feeling and thinking is true and like giving me that just honestly also giving me this gift as a present with his passing because he was such a generous soul. So it's like, it's like the reassurance that, you know, you know, that he shared with you that everything you've been thinking is really true. And I love that, that he promised you he'd come back and let you know if there was something. And I love that he was a seeker and you're a seeker and your kids are probably going to be seekers if they aren't already. And just continuing to ask those big questions. Right. And also the knowing for myself, I've always been looking, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? And wanting to do all the things in my life and not really home. And then realizing, oh my God, this is who I am. And it's a part of me. I feel like, again, it's a part of everyone. And we all have our own gifts and ways of sharing this. And we just have to open up to that place because that place is where the intuition comes in and comes into fruition meaning you are bringing insight in and able to take the steps to make your dreams come into reality. And God, just as he created us, 
He's, he also teaches us how we can do it for ourselves. So this is where Kabbalah comes in, where I'm really totally aligned. I understand the chakras, the balancing. If you look at the sefirot in the Kabbalah, like it all makes sense to me with the intuition coming in from this higher place, your crown chakra, you give birth, it comes down and comes into life. You're creating your, your thoughts, create becoming things, Literally, because you have a thought, you have an insight, and I'll talk about that. I'll read it to you in a second. But you have an insight that tells you, oh, my gosh, I, I need to do this. It kind of it comes in an instant. And it's, again, it's, it almost feels like it's not your limiting thoughts or limiting, oh, I can't do that. That comes in later. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. What, am I, what am I thinking? This doesn't make sense. I can't yeah, and do I that. know <laughs> you can't see because I have a sweater on over it, but down my sleeve, I actually have all the chakras on my sleeve oh, right now. So wow. <laughs> the synchronicities wow. just never yeah. end. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, so it's just like listening to that little voice that nudges you. And it's the same with spirit or the other side. I just do believe this teacher told me it's like a, a building where you have different um, floors. So on the top floor is God, and then you have your angels and guides. And as you go over our loved ones that might not be guides, but are there. So he described it in that way, which I thought was. Yeah, that's um, cool to think yeah. of it that way. Yeah. Let me see what I had written here in terms of intuition. Okay. Intuition is the longing for an answer to guide you on your path. Insight is the knowing of your next steps to your desired destination. So intuition is the longing for the answer, getting the answer. Insight is like when it's instant and you get the steps that you need to take. So intuition is more of me wanting to know, right? wanting to know. So I'll start with that. Intuition is the knowing of all that you desire and want to make your own. The definition, by the way, in the dictionary is a natural ability or power that makes it possible to know something without any proof or evidence, a feeling that guides a person to act a certain way without fully understanding why. And so then I asked them, how do you follow your intuition? And this is the answer that came through. Everything has a frequency and you must find the frequency that resonates with your rhythm. If something feels off, like when something smells off, then you are not on your frequency. Your feelings about something will let you know if it is right for you or not. It won't feel good if you are not going with your intuition. Take a moment to ride the wave and see how it feels. If you stay in balance, that's another way to know you are on your path. There is no right or wrong. All you desire is where you are headed and what you don't desire will automatically find its way away from you. You will know what excites you and just let yourself be there. You can't force something to happen. Decision-making, the choice is yours to find the willpower in each decision. Where there is a will, there is a way. Will yourself to go in the direction of your heart. The feeling of hope, happiness, excitement, and the joy the choice will bring you is the direction you want to go. Ask yourself, what will bring me joy? And the answer will lead your way. Ask, asking questions is a wonderful way for you to receive insightful answers. It's the way in which you listen that makes the difference. Let your mind quiet and let new thoughts enter, which are almost unlike your own. 
the higher guidance and wisdom comes from a place of all knowing. And you will feel the sensation when you go to this place because you will feel that it isn't your, your thoughts, but of a higher being, which is almost neutral and guiding. It's a place where intuitive writing happens. You shut your mind to your thoughts and let pure thoughts in of a better kind, a kind that wants to assist you and thinks of your better good. Don't judge it or discard it. Ask for evidence to show you it is truth. Wow. (laughs) Just wow. Wow. There was so much goodness in there. And I'm going to re-listen to that so many times. I got chills so many times as you were talking, you know, the way in which we listen, the thoughts of the kind variety, what brings you joy. I am all about doing what brings you joy. And yeah, I really think if we tap into that more, we will be led in the direction that we're meant to go always, always, always. And it's to the point where it's even, I want to have a cup of coffee And where that leads me, I go to a coffee shop and I get a coffee and I meet a person that I didn't intend to meet. Like we want to control everything so much and plan ahead and know exactly what our steps are. And the beauty of this universe and this life is that we can be led to places we had no idea, unimaginable places that one little thing led to the other. Again, maybe because we are guided or it's, I feel like it's a, It's a work together with their guidance, but also our decisions and choices that we make. And we have the choice to make our future, which is why, by the way, I don't like telling people or it's not like, you know, sometimes they will give me insight as to two days later, the person will call. Oh, my God, I saw that what you were talking about. But, you know, that's why I don't like telling the future for anyone if they want to ask me. First of all, always listen to the guidance and what they want to bring in is what they want to say for whatever reason that person needs to hear that today. But because we have our ability to make our choices, sometimes when someone tells you what your future will be, you kind of go, which is a good way too. It can give you the answer and then you go look for it. And some it can be helpful for others. You know, I know for myself, I've gone to mediums before where they've said something and But I do believe that we have to learn to use that muscle, trusting our own guidance and listening to our own feeling. So even if someone says, oh, you know, we always need guidance, we always will reach out to others for help and support. And what do you think? Because that's just our way of getting through things. And, you know, but when you do start to also tap in and listen to the guidance that is there for you from your inside where you're feeling, again, it's all about feeling your way through things as opposed to using your analytical mind. And it really is about co-creation, right? So even though we have the free will to change anything in our lives or a direction that we're headed, which may then change the outcome of whatever, you know, quote unquote, the future holds, but it really is about that co-creation of us with the things we can't see to be able to create what our reality is. So I love that. So by the time this episode airs, your retreat will probably be over, but I would love for you to talk a little bit about what that is so that people can know what to expect if you decide to do one in the future and also how else they can work with you. Oh, thank you, Heather. Yeah, we we do have this retreat coming up in May, but I'm hoping we do it again. You know, this idea came from 
giving people tools on how to a connect with their intuition, come home to who they truly are, which for me is still something that I'm learning and doing, being able to express who I am and sharing that, being in my light. How do you do that? Getting rid of labels that we put upon ourselves and society puts on us. And so what I what we did was, you know, I gathered, we we gathered together. It was it was my initial, you know, I, I reached out because there were women who had these gifts of using tarot to tap into your intuition, using crystals, sound healing. And so this retreat is three days of like nine practitioners each sharing how, again, how to live in joy, how to live with ease. These are tools to help you on your path. Hoping that we'll do that again. But if you want more guidance, just like personal, if you want to connect with a loved one who's passed or receive guidance, if you're struggling with something, I'm really good at seeing for others, like if business wise as well, if they have something that, because again, it's bringing your truth, your purpose into fruition. So guiding a little bit with practical ways on how to do that, like the actual steps as well. You can schedule a session through my Lara and Lou page. There's a that's a technical part of like, you have to press the link in bio and then get to the, where it says schedule a session. So that's another way, but that retreat. And I also do want to put out other retreats in the future, just a course perhaps in the future, like being a teacher, right? We started with today. I want to teach. So that's where I'm being led to like share my experience, you know, uh, if I can teach yeah, and your- others. Your gifts are so needed in this world. So I will definitely link everything in the show notes so that people can easily find you and how to get in touch with you. But before I let you go today, I would like to ask you five rapid fire questions. So I just want you to answer in the first thing that comes to your mind. Sound good? (laughs) Okay. What is something that makes you laugh? My kids. And how old are they? They're three and six. Oh, what a fun age. What a fun (laughs) age. Like their goofiness just makes me. What is your favorite way to show up for yourself as it relates to self-care? Oh, that's so nice. I guess the once in a month facial that I go and get, I relax and just, or a bath with a candle, Mm. um, music, definitely. Those are three things that I love. Just listening to music, meditating as well. Yeah. Oh, I love meditating. It is <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's so good. All right. What is something you do for fun? Wow. That's a great question. That's something I need to find more space for, but I love yoga and um, meeting friends for me, just meeting friends and uh, yeah. Having a sense of community is so important. important. Oh my goodness. Um, All right. What were you doing the last time you lost track of time? Oh, wow. Um, I guess just meditating. (laughs) The time can go quickly. (laughs) Yeah. And also working that happens too. When I, when I'm so consumed with what a project or something that I'm doing, I can completely, even this now that I'm like, what? (laughs) The time has just flown. flown. (laughs) All right. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, wow. To trust yourself. 
trust what you're feeling and know that, yeah, trust, tr believe in yourself as well. Um, that Those are two things that have been very, you know, things that I've been working on, still working on believing, believing in myself, most importantly. So yeah, just to believe in yourself that, mm. yeah. That's beautiful. All right. And like I said, I'll link everything in the show notes, but just tell us what your Instagram handle is so that people can look for you. Thank you, Heather. It's Laura and Lou, L-A-R-A-A-N-D-L-O-U. It was, you know, I started off with home decor, like really wanting people to come home to themselves and creating a space for themselves. It's funny how it's evolved. I still have that. I want to develop perhaps things. So it's, it's also has home decor items to just create your space and your home and coming home to yourself. It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> well, Orly, this conversation has just made me so happy. And I am so happy that you came on today and were able to talk to us. And I cannot wait to see how your gifts blow up in this world. You just have so much to offer. And I'm so excited that you spent the time with us. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for creating this space to help people hear about this. And you're just you creating this space for this to be talked about more and for people to come home to who they are. I mean, it's beautiful. So thank you. Thanks, Early. I mean, can you even... <laughs> What a gorgeous soul with amazing gifts. And I feel so honored that Orly shared her journey with us. It is so clear that the connection she had with her dad has hugely catapulted her into this world. And she has done so with such grace. I learned so much from her and I'm looking forward to putting her tips into practice. Please check the show notes for how you can connect with Orly to book a reading and see what else she has coming up. Here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, childhood lessons like treat others as you would like to be treated are the strings that lead you on the path to who you become. When these good memories surface, think of them as a coming home of sorts. Number two, if you're looking to connect with souls that have crossed over, asking them out loud to show you a sign that they are with you can be a very powerful place to start. Number three, the more you connect with spirit guides and loved ones who have crossed over, you may be able to tell the difference between your own thoughts and the messages that are being downloaded. However, the messages will be a whisper of your own voice. Be patient as you recognize how these gifts come through for you. Number four, when connecting to other realms, it is important to stay grounded. We don't want to go there. We want to invite the connection to happen where we are. We can't understand other worlds with the human mind. Bring the light to you. Number five, one of the best ways to get started to connect to the other side is through meditation. Quiet your mind from the chatter so that you can hear the whispers. Be open to whatever messages you receive. Don't be afraid to ask for signs along the way. See the synchronicities that start happening. Believe 
and they will show up. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. If you loved listening today, please share this episode with a friend and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find me more easily. I am so grateful for your support. Have a magical day.